Greetings, this is Davey H., and I'm delivering to you episode 5 of the Karma Sense Foodcast, a mailbag episode. If you like what you've been hearing on the Foodcast so far, please give me a review on iTunes, and if you don't like what you've been hearing, I could also use a review. I really want to make this show serve you, and that's why this is the mailbag episode. Hello, Karma Sense Wellness. Be happy, be healthy, save the world. Yeah, I know I'm due for a new episode of the Foodcast, but I'm really busy. I've got some traveling coming up, I've got classes I'm doing, and I really don't have time to put together content. That's a good idea. I could just answer some of the questions that have accumulated from readers, listeners, and followers. You know, just phone it in, like you just did. Okay, I'll answer that question too. Thanks a lot for the idea. Whoa, I wonder how Charlie Brown's teacher got my phone number. First question came to me on Facebook. The person sent me a link to livingtraditionally.com with the provocative title for the page of Oreo cookies are as addictive as cocaine and can cause fatty liver and cancer. The article goes on to explain its claims of how it's addictive, how it causes fatty liver disease and cancer. It does an analysis of the ingredients, decries its GMO and sugar content, and that's about it. The amazing thing to me was when I looked at the ingredients they listed, they weren't really that surprising or that bad. There were less ingredients than I figured there'd be. And when I went to the official Oreo site, the ingredient list was kind of different, so I'm kind of makes my bullcrap detector go up a little bit, but it was close enough. But here's the deal. In the scheme of things, it's true that uh, the ingredients in Oreos are as addictive as cocaine and that they are able to cause fatty liver disease and cancer, but really no more than any other treat that contains lots of sugar and processed ingredients. So I don't know why they're singling out Oreos. I think the dust protests too much. Look, if Oreos are your guilty pleasure, go for it. Don't worry about these kind of claims. It's no different than what I get for my chubby hubby ice cream. Same kind of problems. Maybe the ingredients are slightly better. If you're worried about getting slightly better ingredients, my my understanding is that the Paul Newman version of Oreos uh, taste real good and they do have slightly better ingredients, but really only slightly. The nice thing about Paul Newman is that all of his profits go to charity, so it has a nice save-the-world component instead of supporting Nabisco, which is where Oreos come from. The worst thing about Oreos are some of these Frankenfood concoction versions that they come up with, like blueberry pie flavor or red velvet cupcake flavor or Swedish fish flavor. Those things just sound disgusting to me. Now, I'm not a big Oreo fan, But Mrs. H is, and she loves herself a red velvet cupcake, and she loves some Oreos. But when she tasted the mashup version, I think she was pretty much disgusted. If you like an Oreo, eat an Oreo. If you like a red velvet cupcake, eat a red velvet cupcake. Don't try eating them both. It's just gross. The next question is from an internet troll from France who's mad at me because when he Googles the terms intermittent fasting and psoriasis, My website comes up pretty high on the list, and when he clicks onto the link, there's not a whole lot of information there. 
I'm sorry about that, Pierre. I don't know why Google stopped taking my calls when I asked them to fix that, but they just haven't fixed it. So let me tell you what's going on there. Uh, I'm a proponent of intermittent fasting. I took up intermittent fasting because I heard that it would help with my psoriasis. Uh, it never, in fact, did help with my psoriasis, but it helped me do a whole lot of other things, including uh, lose weight, be healthier, and be happier, and even save the world. So I kind of stuck to it, and I wrote a lot of articles about it, and I wrote an ebook on it. I wrote an ebook about my experience, and it included uh, the initial desire to want to control my psoriasis, which didn't work. And for some reason, Google took a hang to it. And so when people search like you do, that's what comes up. Now, just because it didn't work for my psoriasis doesn't mean that it won't for, work for yours. I happen to know that my psoriasis has a very deep genetic core driving it. So uh, that may be what causes it or prevents intermittent fasting from helping me. But if you're interested in giving it a try to see if it's going to help you, I put a link to the ebook up on the show notes. Go ahead and read it. It doesn't hurt and it's at least slightly amusing. And if anyone else is interested, please do the same. There are physical, mental, and spiritual benefits from taking up intermittent fasting. And if you want to learn more, and if you think it's something you want to try and you want to be coached through it, I'm considering putting together a workshop in the uh, winter. And so let me know if that's something that interests you and you can get in on the beta test. Next question came to me from Twitter direct message, and due to the nature of the question, I'm going to keep it anonymous. But this person asked me about the following. She has a friend who has something called MTHFR, and this friend is taking all sorts of supplements and getting all these tests in order to work around MTHFR. And Twitter person wants to know, what is MTHFR, and how do I know whether I have it? So first I'll give the seeming bad news, which is everybody has MTHFR. MTHFR is the abbreviation for a gene that determines our production of a specific enzyme in our system. That enzyme is called methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. And that's as technical as I'll get in this explanation. Methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase is involved in our metabolism of vitamin B and especially folate, that's why it's tetrahydrofolate. And certain configurations of that gene or mutations of that gene mean we do not metabolize folate as well as other people if you have that uh, specific configuration. And the inability to metabolize folate properly can lead to all sorts of health problems. And it's of specific concern to women of childbearing years because uh, the lack of folate in the system will cause neural tube defects in a baby. That's really scary stuff. And because it's scary stuff, there's a set of charlatans out there, members of the healthy lifestyle militia, as I call them, who try and convince people that uh, they have a serious version of this mutation, and that unless they get a specific set of very expensive tests and get hooked up to machines that beep a lot, and buy specific supplements that they're going to run into these serious health problems. But here's the thing. These mutations and configurations of MTHFR are absolutely out there. They can be diagnosed without the uh, need of getting an expensive DNA test. 
and they can be treated without the need for expensive drugs, supplements, and equipment. The symptoms related to deficiencies of nutrients like folate are pretty overt. You're tired, you get sick a lot, your digestion is not so great, your skin looks pale, you look tired, you're irritable. As I said, it's not that hard to diagnose. So you go to a regular doctor and they test you for your vitamin B levels and they figure out you have an issue and between a mixture of supplementation and something even better, eating real food that contains folate and vitamin B, you can live a normal, healthy life, whether your MTHFR is in one of these higher risk configurations or even mutated. And the kinds of things you can eat are spinach, uh, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, the cruciferous vegetables, mustard greens, beans, uh, and even bread these days are supplemented or uh, enriched with vitamin B, specifically for this kind of reason. So I don't know your friend and I don't wanna presume the suffering that anybody feels, but were I to guess, I would say your friend is being taken advantage of and that unless you are resulting in any of the symptoms that I described for a folate or vitamin B deficiency, that you don't necessarily worry. Next time you go to the doctor, you can always request that you get tested for your vitamin B levels if you're on the fence. And if you wanna learn more, I actually posted a blog post about MTHFR and my discoveries regarding it about a year ago, and I will put that in the show notes. The next question is about real food. Not about Oreos, but real food. Anyway, it comes from Kimberly on Facebook, who's looking for some good ideas on how to preserve produce that she buys so she doesn't have to throw it out because it got all gross. There's an infinite number of solutions to this, but here are some of my go-tos, and I put them all up on the show notes. First of all, for things like fruit or anything that you put in a smoothie, you can go ahead and freeze it, and it'll be just fine. And when you throw it in the smoothie, it'll even give it a nice frozen, icy texture. And... You could take things like bananas and fruit and put them in single serving bags so they're already mixed up and maybe save some time for your smoothie. Although, do what we do and reuse your plastic bags. Really, we reuse our Ziploc bags. The next idea is good for things like uh, avocado specific, specifically because it's so fatty. Uh, I included in the Karma Sense Eating Plan a recipe for using avocado as the base instead of mayonnaise for things like coleslaw. And you can do that with just about any salad dressing. And if you want to cream it up a little bit, you could add some Greek yogurt to the dressing as well. And that'll keep the avocado a few more days in the refrigerator. I posted an idea on Facebook a few weeks ago that was very popular where you could take half an avocado if you don't want to eat the whole thing and spray it with cooking spray or sprinkle it with oil and uh, keep it in the refrigerator and that'll help keep it from turning black. Then there's the other side of avocado where you want to get rid of one but it's just not ripe yet and you don't think it'll be ripe before say you're leaving on vacation or something like that. You can cut the avocado up into cubes and store it in vinegar, uh, flavored vinegar or something like that and that'll soften it up some and basically you'll have pickled avocados. Speaking of pickles, uh, you all know that uh, I love fermented foods, and usually fermented foods like sauerkrauts and kimchi and stuff have all the juice left behind. And unless you want to drink that juice, which I think I'm 
one of the few people who actually does that. What you can do is you can cut up your older produce and store that in the juice for a while and it gets pickled and basically you're recycling your fermented food. So that's another idea. You can always take your vegetables and roast them before they've really turned and that'll keep them for a few more days. And then something I've never tried but it actually sounds interesting is if you have berries or something like that that are starting to turn, you mash them up and you add uh, a few, so you know, some chia seeds, maybe a mix of, of one part chia seeds to three parts of the fruit and mix it all together and let it sit overnight in the refrigerator. And the chia seed starts to gel. And basically what you have is a no sugar jelly uh, that's very high fiber, whole fruit. So I think that's one I wanna give a try. If you have any other ideas, post them on Facebook. But uh, that's all I have for the top of my head, Kimberly. And the final question comes from Charlie Brown's teacher, who asks, Good grief. I don't know. But I believe the answer is 42. And so ends this Phoning It In episode of the Foodcast. Thank you to those people who asked questions. If you enjoyed the mailbag format, Send in your own questions. I entertain off-topic questions as well. And maybe they'll be on the next version when I don't have time to create new content. If you think you'd be interested in participating in an intermittent fasting workshop, say in January 2017, let me know and I'll try and put something together. That could be fun, could be interesting. I might be the only one who thinks so. You can look for me on the runway at the Fashion Rocks Autism event on September 12th in Baltimore, Maryland. I'll be doing my best Derek Zoolander imitation along with members of the Baltimore Ravens football team, the cast of the awesome TV show The Wire, and other actual celebrities. I'll also be at Dean's Natural Food Market on September 20th doing a mindful eating workshop. On the 20th, I'll be in their Basking Ridge store. On the 22nd, I'll be in their Ocean, New Jersey store. That will be at 6 p.m. You can sign up on their website. It's Dean's Natural Food. I'll have a link on the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for your time. And until next time, remember what your old pal Bozo always says. What does your old pal Bozo always say? Just keep laughing.